This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome, everybody, to the It's Called Soccer show, where we discuss everything U.S. Soccer Weekly. I'm your host, Jake, in London, England. Today, I'm joined by Master of Science and Future Doctor of the Universe, Tom in Chattanooga. Tom, how are you doing, man? Doing great. It's been a fun summer. It's slowly coming to a close, but still getting to enjoy the lovely weather here in Tennessee, getting to see all the sights from my childhood home. Really looking forward to the last couple weeks here and my new adventures in Pennsylvania coming up. Yeah, what's going on with you? Why are you moving to PA? I'm starting my doctorate at Penn State in the fall, joining the astronomy department there. I've already got a house, already got my contract set up. I'm ready to go and get started on a long journey towards my PhD. <laughs> yeah, and a long physical journey to lug all your stuff up to State College. Oh, yeah. All right, let's talk a little bit about the U.S. soccer uh, world. Club season is about to start in Europe. Some of the seasons have already started. So today we're going to talk about the Aronson preseason match where he got three assists. Um, that was a great game from him and Leeds beat Ca- Cagliari. How would you say? I, I think Cagliari. it's Cal- Caligiuri, isn't it? Caligiuri, 6-2. Um, that's what Leeds did. Jordan Pifak scores a worldie for Union Berlin in the first round of the DFB Pokal today. And we're just going to catch everyone up on where the U.S. men's national team is. The championship season in England, the second tier has started. So we had Daryl DK, Josh Sargent, Austin Trusty in action over the weekend. Um, we're going to talk about what we're most excited about now that the club season is about to start. Bundesliga, English Premier League, Liga, all of that is about to start. And our U.S. players are going to be there uh, to, to perform and entertain us. And then finally, the It's Called Soccer Discord July roster poll is done. So we'll go through our findings of who had the biggest stock up, who had the biggest stock down, and who was just consistent. And guys, speaking of consistency, this is a U.S. soccer show that happens every week, rain or shine. So if you love soccer and you want to support independent creators that are talking and covering the game that you love, go check out the best website in the world, patreon.com slash it's called soccer. You can get early access to every It's Called Soccer video and other exclusive content for as little as $2 a month to support wonderful people like myself, if I do say so myself, but also Tom, again, future doctor of the universe. And before we get started with the show, please listen to me trying to sell you something to keep the lights on for It's Called Soccer. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including Major League Baseball, the latest fighting news, and even next season's early NFL futures. With training camp right around the corner, BetOnline has opened up odds for team wins, division futures, and of course the Super Bowl. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get the bonus and get into the action. 
Bet online where the game starts. Okay, that was a sponsor. Thank you, sponsor. Tom, you ready to get started? Let's do this. <laughs> All right. Awesome. So the club season is about to start in Europe. MLS is obviously, you know, halfway gone. We have Jesus Ferreira, Brandon Vasquez, other people performing there. But what are you most excited about going into this European club season? I think it's never been a better time for Americans to follow English soccer. We have a ton of exciting prospects in the premier league, a ton of exciting prospects in the championship. We now have six players playing in the English premier league this year. I think a lot of them are expected to be getting a lot of minutes between Anthony Robinson at Fulham. We got Chris Richards at crystal palace. We have um, Adams and Aronson, both at Leeds, And then whatever minutes we get out of Christian Pulisic at Chelsea, we even get some possible spot minutes from Tim Ream at Fulham. It's a great time to be looking towards the English Premier League, one of the best leagues in the world, if not the best leagues in the world, to see if Americans didn't, can do it there. Then looking down towards the championship, we have our two goalkeepers and Zach Steffen and Ethan Horvath, and they're starting jobs there. We have strikers like Josh Sargent and Daryl DK who are going to be playing for strong clubs as well. It's It's a big physical league. It's another exciting one to follow. So I think English soccer is really where my focus is going to be this year. Yeah. Thankfully it's easy to track and watch as well in the U S. So that's great for any U S fans watching. What would you say the most optimistic take is that you have going into the season? Ooh, most optimistic take. I think our mo- my most optimistic take is we're going to have more players scoring more goals. I think Cameron Carter Vickers last year ended up top five in goal scoring for us players in, in Europe. And he had something like four goals. We didn't, we had a lot of minutes from young players, but we didn't have a lot of people banging in goals, but with PFOC in Germany, with Aronson looking amazing, it leads with our strikers having much better situations between Wright and Sargent and DK. I think that this is a year where we're going to see Americans start banging goals in left and right. Speaking of Cameron Carter Vickers and teams on the same island as the English Premier League, the Scottish Premier League uh, got started last week and we saw the likes of Cameron Carter Vickers get a start in a shutout. We saw Malik, Malik Tillman and James Sands both get um, substitute minutes, but that was a really interesting game. I was watching the Rangers match and they were down 1-0 for most of the game. Malik Tillman came in when it was da- when they were down 1-0, really helped to change the game. He wasn't directly involved in either of the goals. Rangers did come back to win that 2-1, but it was just great to see how involved he was. He was kind of playing as a floating striker, just trying to find space between the lines for Rangers and really open up the defense. Then James Sands comes in. He plays a little bit of like a left center back, but he pushes more up into the midfield when they need numbers. It was just great to see the evolution of them playing in a high press system, them playing in a possession system, and both of them doing really well in that match. So if that's anything to look forward to, again, on the same island, I'm going to be looking to the English Premier League this season and the championship, like you said. Um, Someone that we didn't mention in the championship, and we'll get to this because at the end of this episode, we'll talk about our games that we're watching next weekend. Um, Jonathan Tompkinson continues to make the bench at Norwich, a center back that captained their U23 team last season. He made the bench a few times for Norwich last season, but never saw the field, couldn't get his competitive debut. Uh, If you didn't watch that Norwich game, their center back got a red card. He's suspended for the next match. So I'm hopeful, I'm crossing my fingers, that we have another American debut, uh, Norwich versus Wigan, this weekend coming up to pair with Josh Sargent. Um, Okay, we also have to talk about an American coach 
in the English Premier League, Jesse Marsh. We obviously Leeds is a topic that will probably bludgeon to death in this circle, right? We have Tyler Adams, Brendan Aronson. Those are hot topics, but Jesse Marsh, someone that came in, say what you want, but he saved Leeds uh, from from being relegated last season into the championship. What are you looking for in terms of Leeds' position in the table this season? At the beginning of this transfer window, I think the goal would have been for them just to not get relegated after the season they had last year. But they've made some great moves. Adams looks comfortable there. Aaron's looks, Aronson looks comfortable there. They've done the work they needed to do to replace players like Rafinha. So I think that their roster is strong enough to look for a top 15, top 10 finish in the Premier League. I don't think that they're pushing for a spot in Europe, but finishing mid-table would be a huge accomplishment for them after the season they had last year. Yeah, maybe they can have somewhat of a season like Brentford had last season where they get a little bit of a bounce from stabilizing and getting to safety in that second season. All right, we mentioned Brendan Aronson. They had a preseason match against that team that I can't pronounce. Uh, They win 6-2. Brendan Aronson gets three assists. And that first assist, my God, a Travella uh, lead pass. I mean, if you if you are an American fan and you watch that and you don't think that we're winning the World Cup, then I don't know what to tell you. But Tom, talk to oh. us. What did you see from the Brendan Aronson performance? Aronson was all over the place. He was lighting up everyone left and right. It was fantastic to watch him. It just seems like he's so comfortable playing the right-hand side for that that leads attack where he gets to press high, he gets to win the ball back, and when he gets to run at people, he is just taking them on and making things happen. It's really awesome to see. He is getting rave reviews from Leeds fans already. I It's fantastic. I, I've never seen him play a game like that. He continues to rise to the next level immediately once he gets there, which is going to make it really hard come November when we have to play a World Cup and figure out what to do with Brendan Aronson. And I think that'll probably come up later as we talk about our community roster poll. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, even before we get there, obviously Brendan Aronson will get a lot of the plaudits because he's an attacking player. He'll get on the score sheet. But I can't overstate how important Tyler Adams looked to the way that Leeds was playing, the way that they were pressing, the way that they were keeping possession in the middle of the pitch. Um, What would you say, okay, looking at, we know Tyler Adams is going to play the six for the U.S. It might be by himself. It might be with a double pivot. Where do you put Brendan Aronson in the U.S.? Because we're most likely going to play a 4-3-3. There's not really like an inside forward or attacking midfielder position. Yeah, it's really tricky. If we were going to play a 4-2-3-1, he would be the 10 for me any day of the week right now. Although Gio Reyna might have something to say about that when we get into the Dortmund season, but um, we'll, we'll see how that goes. I think for me, I have him as a backup winger right now, but it's really hard for me to put him there. It just comes down to, do you bench Christian Pulisic? Do you bench Eunice Musa? Do you bench Tim Weah? How do you put everyone on the field together and make it all work? Because I, I don't see the position opening up for him, given how important those other players have been to the U.S.'s success. I mean, Eunice Moose is our most progressive midfielder. Tim Weah has been the most dangerous player on the field. Christian Pulisic is the captain and heartbeat of the team. Where does Aronson fit? I, it's a, I have no a idea. question. Yeah. <laughs> um, but at the same time, he's making it very difficult to not put him on the field. I yeah. Mean, imagine he has that performance against Wolves in the first weekend, and we have an American that could be on the bench for us, not even a starter that's getting, you know, two, three assists 
in a match. That would be really difficult for us to to say he doesn't deserve to be on the pitch. But I mean, like you said, one of McKenney, Musa, Wea, Pulisic, Aronson are going Reina. to be on the bench. There's Reina. a striker yeah. in there somewhere. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Uh, I mean, I mean could, taking a striker out. Yeah. yeah. Could we pull a Paxton Aronson and just throw Aronson at the false nine? I wouldn't. Okay. Here's the thing. We we don't have time, right? Like, if, yeah. if we're four years away from 2026, then hell yeah, let's do it. Like, let's try it. Let's experiment. We don't care what the score of the exhibition matches are. We just want to learn what we can do. Yeah. But with two matches to go, these September friendlies and then the World Cup, it's just too late. Like we're, we are kind of already firing on the cylinders that we have. Mm. We just need to like fine tune and maintenance what we have already. So for me, like I'm into it, but not right now. Fair, fair. <laughs> I, it'll yeah. be interesting to see where we go with it. I think the wrinkle we saw against Morocco where we put Reggie Cannon as sort of a third center back and let Aronson sort of be a roving midfielder was a great way to play him. And it might make sense against an England or an Iran who's going to play with a back five to sort of, throw that wrinkle out there and give Aronson some game time at the world cup. Yeah. And I will say in preseason so far, Luca De La Torre has gotten some minutes at Celta de Vigo. Yunus uh, Musa has gotten preseason minutes. Looks like he might be the starter as club team in La Liga. So Weston McKinney goes down, right? Dislocates his shoulder. Potentially the injury is three to four weeks in recovery unless he gets surgery. So that could be a little bit longer. That could keep him out until about the World Cup. How important is it now that we actually do have depth pieces that we can count on? It feels like we've never had that before. Like, yes, Weston McKinney is a critical player for us, but it to me, like, it's not the end of the world if Brendan Aronson or Gio Reyna or Yunus Musa goes into that spot instead. Oh, 100%. And we've said it before that you don't win a World Cup with a starting 11. You win it with a full 23. We need depth players who are strong players. Having this problem where Aronson and Reyna don't necessarily map to starting positions right now is a great problem to have, where if McKenney goes down, we can have one of those players be the next man up, have a De La Torre be able to step in and play spot minutes there. There are 16 or 17 players now that I'm comfortable with starting for the U.S. men's national team, which is a great thing when you need that kind of depth to compete at a World Cup. Yeah. Speaking of Gio Reyna, got his first start in the preseason for Dortmund. We didn't think it would happen until the first few games of the Bundesliga season. So really happy to see him back on the pitch. Jordan Pifak again gets his goal in the DFB Pokal first round. It was a nice little acrobatic finish from him right in front of goal. But he had a nice game pressing. Um, still could work on his first touch. But, you know, win some, lose some. Win yeah. more than you lose and, and you're good to go. Ricardo Pepe uh, didn't get playing time with Augsburg in the first round of the DFB Pokal. And I don't know, I feel a little bit uneasy about that situation just going into the season. I know he'll get minutes, but it's still concerning for him when someone like Jordan Pifak is getting those minutes for his team, same division and starting to score. If I'm Ricardo Pepe, I'm, I might be starting to sweat a little bit thinking about the World Cup. Oh, yeah, I think that that's definitely a worry for him. I, I It might be a sign that he's too trusted to play in the Pakal match that they wanted to just rest him for the season to start. But given how much he struggled to score for Augsburg so far, I want him getting any minutes I can to build his confidence up. And I don't know what, I don't know what to make of his situation right now, especially this close to a world cup. If it were any other year, I wouldn't be concerned at all. I'd give him time to fight for his spot, but there's a world cup in four months and 
Form is going to be everything as we go into these this first half of the season. We're going to be tracking things on a day-by-day basis as to who's performing and who's not. And if Pepe's not getting minutes, there's not a whole lot we can do to get him on the plane. Yeah, and there is a lot to track, guys. So please, again, subscribe to this channel. Watch every video so you don't miss a thing. We have Eric Palmer-Brown at Trois in Liga. We have Timothy Weah at Lille in Liga. We have players that are in Syria A, Syria B. They're everywhere right now. We're even forgetting in Germany, Joe Scali scored today or yesterday. Uh, He he played for Mönchengladbach and scored another goal. He's another player who will be in the mix, I think, for a backup outside back spot. He's playing top minutes in the top five leagues as well. There's there are players in every single league to track. We've got players in Portugal, Reggie Cannon, Alex Mendez could push for a spot. There's players in the Netherlands like Richie de Ledesma. Cole Bassett scored this weekend over a PS was for Feyenoord. So yep. <laughs> yeah, you could go to almost any country in Europe and pick an American who's going to be worth tracking going into the world cup. I like how we have so many that you're starting to get confused between teams. <laughs> that's, that's how many we have. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I still haven't updated my fop mob to sort of figure out which teams I need to track because it's just so much to figure out. Okay. This player is here. This player is here. Now yeah. there's probably 60 names that I have to know in Europe and where they're playing. And that's what you get from It's Called Soccer. (laughs) Tom's dedication. He is using his big brain to track all these players. Uh, And again, I I would definitely recommend everyone that's watching this, just go to FUTMOB right now and just click on every American that you can. And your phone is going to be buzzing 24-7. I don't know if you want that, but. You know, if you love U.S. soccer, just just go and do that. Between the men's and women's national team, I'm following 157 players at this point. Yeah, so be be like Tom, everyone. <laughs> be like Tom. All right, Tom, are you ready to talk about the July Discord roster poll? Oh, yeah. Oh, it was a fantastic right. poll. A little bit lower in responses than we usually get. We only had 24 responses, but I'm hoping to build that up as we head into mm-hmm. the next year uh, or the next month going into August with the Premier League season starting back up and all of our European club season starting. But our results were very interesting for July. Uh, the starting lineup seems to be set in stone at this point with Turner in goal, Richards and Zimmerman as our center back pairing, Jedi and Dest as our unanimous outside back pairing, Adams, McKenney, Musa in the midfield, Pulisic, Ferreira, and Wea across the front line. Even our substitutes are starting to sort of formalize, although there's a few new names that crop up. Ethan Horvath replaces Sean Johnson on the goalkeeper line. We see Georgie Mihailovic uh, fighting for a roster spot at center midfield. We see a Gio Reyna moving from central midfield to a backup wing spot. And then our last three in with Josh Sargent, Gianluca Busio, and Reggie Cannon are all new names, replacing Haji Wright, Aaron Long. And I think Mihailovic might have been there last time, so he moves up in the pecking order. I don't know who the midfielder who dropped was. I think it was Paul Ariola drops out. Ooh, Paul Ariola, a crowd favorite. How, how could he, you do this? He was it's close. Soccer Discord. He was really <laughs> close. If Reina had gotten a few more midfield votes, Ariola would have been in there for sure. Yeah. So, guys, if you're looking at this and you're hearing these names and you're getting red in the face and you want to make a change <laughs> to this, make sure you join the It's Called Soccer Discord. We talk about this all the time and every month we have this poll where everyone is able to vote on their preferred starting 11 and the 23 uh preferred roster but the world cup is going to have 26 players so we might have 
We might have to add a few, Tom. This, or... this is 26. So oh, nice, nice. every player has a backup on there listed. And then the last three positions and the substitutes are my last three in. So those are the 26, na- the 24, 25, 26 names that sort of fill that roster out. So right now yeah, that's Josh good. Sargent, John Lucabusio, and Reggie Cannon. Last month it was um, it was Georgie Mihailovic. It was, I think it was Josh Sargent again. Maybe it was, no, it was Haji Wright. Haji Wright, Georgie Mihailovic, and Aaron Long. So yeah, that's going to be probably s- the most volatile position on this whole thing. I mean, you said that things are going to be changing minute by minute. And I can even see already that if this is the July roster poll, people already got their votes in and then they watched strangers over the weekend and saw James Sands and Malik Tillman, their, their stocks might start to rise a little bit. And if you're watching Norwich and you see Josh Sargent really starting to struggle as a right wing defensive right winger, I have no idea what's going on in Norwich. Nobody should watch that team. Nobody should be subjected <laughs> to watching that team play. Um, but yeah, I imagine that even in a few days from the last weekend, things will be changing. So oh, yeah. if you guys want to get your say, make sure to join the Discord and you'll be able to vote in the August community roster poll. Tom, what was most surprising to you? Most surprising to me, I, I think that the first thing I'll say most surprising was the starting 11 is nearly set in stone at this point. I think only the right mid and the right wing positions are in any way contested at this point. Everyone else is sort of either unanimous or close to unanimous as a starter. Even the striker position, Jesus Ferreira is getting 50% of the vote right now. So when we first started this, every single position was basically a chaotic miss except for Pulisic and Adams and Jedi. So we slowly are getting people sort of getting comfortable with who they want to start, which is surprising to me that we've got that nailed down this far out. Um, Another surprising thing to me, there were three players who were really surprised, and they were uh, Sean Johnson, Haji Wright, and Georgie Mihailovic. Um, Mihailovic has been sort of a crowd favorite to sort of fill one of those last few roster spots, but we saw him go way down in his numbers. He was one of the fastest dropping players across the board. Uh, I think that's mainly due to his injury. He got injured in MLS uh, right before the June window came and hasn't appeared since his ankle injury was pretty severe. That's kept him out of the conversation pretty regularly. We also saw Sean Johnson take a massive dive. He had a few poor performances in MLS. We saw loan moves for both Ethan Horvath and Zach Steffen that both were rewarded by our viewers and listeners. And then we saw Haji Wright for some reason. I think it was probably his June performance. Maybe it was his ongoing transfer saga, but he didn't get a single vote for backup striker and was only barely in the top 10 for last three in votes, which was surprising to me given that he's been right there in the mix for a starting spot in the last few polls. So those are sort of the three really big surprises to me. Although we can see some other players show up in the stock up, stock down. Jordan P. Fox being really heavily rewarded for his move to Union Berlin. This doesn't even take into account his goal today, so maybe that'll go up even more. Aaron Long, despite being the current... What do you make of that? Yeah, (laughs) despite being the current U.S. whipping boy on Twitter, as John Brooks continues to fall, Eric Palmer Brown and Kramer Carter Vickers are not getting as much of that reward as Aaron Long is. Aaron Long is sort of working his way into the conversation the more John Brooks falls. We see John Brooks on the stock down list. He's been on a very steady decline the last few months. Reggie Cannon's another name that I'm a little surprised to see on the stock down list as well. He drops 30% in his uh, popularity for a roster spot. So maybe DeAndre Yedlin's performances in 
uh, in Inter Miami are help, are sort of affecting that. Maybe his performance in the last window where he wasn't showing a lot offensively were affecting that. I, I'm not really sure what to make of how the right backs are playing out, how the goalies are playing out, and how the center backs are playing out. Those are sort of seem to be the three positions where people can't make up their minds right now. I mean, my feeling on that, at least in terms of Reggie Cannon and DeAndre Edlin, is like who's playing and yeah. who are people seeing, who are who are the names that are coming up constantly. And kind of same things for John Brooks and Aaron Long. I feel like Aaron Long is taking, obviously he's not, you know, intimately involved in this community roster poll, but I feel yeah. like he's taking advantage of um, all publicity is good publicity. <laughs> and that's getting to the minds yeah. of the fandom. Like, I feel like Greg, Greg and his institutionalization of the starting 11 and the 23 and his guys is starting to just cascade down into our belief of Aaron Long and our disbelief of John Brooks. Well, and there's definitely some guys who are included just as vibes guys. Like even some rosters have Christian Roldan in the last three in as just a vibes guy. Like they don't even put a position. They're just, he's there for vibes. <laughs> um, but Aaron Long and DeAndre Yedlin sort of strike me as players who are there to provide good vibes for the national team. They Yedlin is a player who's been a veteran presence. He's played at a World Cup before, and he'd be the only player on this roster who has played at a World Cup before. Aaron Long is a veteran who has started in many Gold Cups. He's, before his injury, was considered a locked-on starter for the World Cup. So it's another veteran presence who provides good vibes to the locker room. They seem to be getting a lot of good press from the USMNT Twitter account, from the Behind the Crest videos, uh, the Know Your Teammate videos they've been releasing. So, yeah, I think that there's definitely some aspect of the way that the U.S. team sort of is structured, you get these sort of veteran vibes guys who find their way into the roster where play where fans sort of see them as necessary to build the culture and keep that culture up, even if they might not be there to start matches. Yeah, and I mean, Sean Johnson, his stock was down 45%. <laughs> Again, I feel like that was recency bias where he had a great game for the U.S. Everyone was like, oh my God, can Sean <laughs> Johnson actually do this? Can he... Can he play in net for the U.S.? And then because the U.S. hasn't had games since then, and I mean, people in the U.S. community seem to not rate MLS at all unless you're like a, a young name that's kind of proving yourself. Yeah. I think Sean, if Sean Johnson, Sean Johnson is leading the league in clean sheets right now, along with Andre Blake. And I feel like if you ask people to rate him versus Gaga Slanina, they'd pick Gaga Slanina nine times out of ten. Slanina is, I think, above him in this month's poll, actually. Yeah, so there you go. Like, <laughs> it doesn't always make sense. It's just like, who was there last time? What have you done for yeah. me lately? Well, uh, that, that's think, probably on the fringe, guys. Yeah, especially. I think so. Well, And this is really what we're talking about when we're looking at these stock up, stock downs, is the last roster spots. We're talking about the third goalkeeper. We're talking about the second right back, the fourth center back. There, You sort of see, if you look at the long-term trends of this, where you'll have a starter who is at the top of every single poll. They just 95% of rosters have them. Then there's a guy at 75% who's sort of the popular backup pick and then a crowd who trails them. And that's sort of who is sort of standing out from that crowd at the present moment who's making that roster. And this is where we talk about how important the form is going to be going into the World Cup because if you're going to stand out from the crowd, you need to stand out to the crowd in that moment. In the November roster poll, you need to be the guy whose stock is up 30%. Yeah, if you want to be in that last lane spot, yeah. And this Tom, been... I have to give you go for it. Uh, yeah, you should 
let me go for it because I'm going to give you a lot of credit. <laughs> um, you, you put a lot of graphics out into the Discord for um, people that have joined the Patreon. And you've you've done some graphics on the Delta, which is the change month, month over month for some of these players. It's incredible to see, again, for someone like Sean Johnson, just the bump that he got for being on the field and performing well for the U.S. And just this this month's poll is just, he's crashed into the ground again. Mm -hmm. So if you guys do want to nerd out on what the changes have been month over month since we started this poll, I think was March our first It was April. Month? We started in April. April. Yeah. So we have four or five four. months. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. So if you guys want to nerd out, uh, that's another benefit that you get from the Patreon as well. But it's all thanks to Tom for his hard work for putting the poll together. So everyone at your in your car <laughs> listening to the podcast or watching YouTube, give Tom a little clap right now. All right. I know that they did that. I know that they did that, Tom. Um, anything else that we need to talk about for the July community roster poll? I want to talk a little bit about the last three in, because I think that will be a really interesting place where we go with this in the future. I, I don't, I think this is a really hard position to predict because it really depends on how the rest of the roster stacks up for you. But we're seeing some names start to pop up over and over again. And they tend to be names that are, that are very positionally flexible. We see a Gianluca Busio who can maybe play the eight or the six. We see Josh Sargent, who's flexible at both striker or winger. We see Reggie Cannon, who can be both a center back or a right back. There's very few names who sort of crop up as just being a single position player. And I think being positionally flexible is something I've noticed is a big, important piece to being involved in this poll sort of at the very lowest levels of you're going to get down that last name slot to Cotter. Malik Tillman's another name that crops up a lot. You see players like, oh, uh, Georgie Mihailovic is another name that's very popular. These guys that sort of have shown James Sands that can play multiple positions and be a guy who can fill spot minutes all over the field will be a big part of who gets on that last few roster spots to Cotter in our fans' minds, which is really interesting to watch evolve. Well, you want to pad your stats, right, for the, yeah. the old CV or the, what would you call it in the U.S., the resume. Yeah. You pad your resume, right? Like, if you're on the last three of 26, the more things that you can have, just the little pieces mm -hmm. over and above what the next guy is. So if a Josh Sargent and a Daryl DK have the exact same stats and the exact same everything from the same division, they're both in the English Championship, except Josh Sargent can play right wing and striker, but Daryl DK can only play striker. I would imagine that we're going to bring the person that's a bit more versatile. So yeah. the last three, like totally makes sense. I think there's one exception to that. I'll say, and this sort of crops up as well is if you can provide as a striker, a big body off the bench, when you need a goal late, a PFOC or a DK or a right, who's a big, got a big frame. They don't all play the position the same, but they all have big frames. They can score when you need a goal that's a very important quality that you see a lot in a third striker. And the third striker usually is one of the last three in on these. So that would be my exception to being positionally flexible is if you offer a wrinkle at striker that we don't have from say maybe Ferreira or Pepe or Pifak or whoever yeah. ends up in that backup spot. I guess in the same vein, right? Like that is in addition to your resume, like you mm -hmm. are a such you are great in a situation that we might mm -hmm. need you. Yeah. I, I would imagine with 26 players instead of 23, there might be some players that make this roster and you go, huh? But really it's Greg thinking when I have this very specific situation, this is when I want this player on the pitch for me. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think someone like a James Sands is someone you could talk about as I think he's going to crop up in this poll a lot going forward. He's been fantastic for Rangers so far. He we also saw at the Gold Cup. Not only can he play the six and the eight, he adds such an interesting wrinkle with a back three where he can sort of step up into the six. He can step back into a center back position that I think is a fantastic wrinkle for the World Cup. Someone like that makes a lot of sense going forward for this roster. And I'm really interested interested to see how he specifically develops in this position. Yep, absolutely. So he is one of those players that definitely did himself some favors over the weekend with his performance against, uh, well, four Rangers. I think they played Livingston. But we'll see how he continues in the Scottish Premiership. Tom, club soccer is back. So what games are you watching this weekend? I think that we got to stick in the English Premier League, although I will put one out there from the uh, Bundesliga as well. On Friday, we have Crystal Palace playing Arsenal, which will be a fantastic game to watch. We'll see Chris Richards making his debut, hopefully, for Crystal Palace. Maybe even Matt Turner for Arsenal, although I doubt that that will actually happen. Um, Then on Saturday, I'm going to go with the Dortmund game against Bayer Leverkusen. I think that'll be a fantastic game. And then we've got to talk about Leeds' Leeds' game against uh, Wolves as another great opportunity to see Adams and Aronson. So those are my sort of three games I'm watching abroad. Didn't you have an MLS game? Atlanta-Seattle is going to be a fantastic game. Atlanta's <laughs> not played well. Seattle's got so many good U.S. prospects. And then we'll duck into Nisa. Chattanooga FC has another home match, which I will be at attending probably on the drums or in the capo stand for the Chattahooligans uh, later in the night after all the fun professional soccer is done. Awesome. Well, I hope there are some listeners that go see that Chattanooga game and go say hi to Tom. Um, next weekend, I will be going up to Norwich to watch the Norwich Wigan match. Um, hopefully meeting with JT, Jonathan Tomkinson while I'm there. And I I don't know if I'll be you know videoing some stuff. I know people love to do the game day vlogs, but personally for me, I just like to be there and enjoy the moment. So I, I don't know how much I'll have on video, but I will be writing about it. So if you do want to read the experience, um, I'll be talking to Norwich fans, seeing what they think of Josh Sargent. And hopefully if Jonathan Tompkinson gets some playing time, um, I'll be able to ask them about that. So make sure you subscribe to the Substack newsletter as well. And that's where I'll be. Uh, But hopefully I get back to the hotel in time to watch the Leeds match. I think the uh, Wigan-Norwich game is a 12.30. If Leeds-Wolves is around 3, I should be able to get back and watch that. And it'll be a great weekend of soccer, like it always is. Like it was always meant to be. The summer feels feels different when there's just no club soccer. Um, but the last few weeks, right, we've had preseason, we've had women's Euros. Congrats to the English women's team for winning the first championship since 1966 when the men's team won the World Cup. We have to say that. And yeah, that's it for me. Tom, what's your last word, sir? Uh, last word is just enjoy the rest of your summer. It's coming to a close fast. We're getting up on some more European soccer, which sort of signals to me the end of the summer. Um, I'm going to just enjoy these last couple weeks with my family. Um, and yeah, look forward to more great soccer coming up as we move into the fall. Well said. Thank you, everyone. That is our episode for this week. And uh, we hope you enjoy this next weekend of soccer. We'll see you next time on It's Called Soccer. Peace. See you guys.